Hello, everybody. This is Rick Napier, the president at 321Biz Development. Website 321bizdev.com. Telephone number 855-600-9911. 321Biz Development is a consulting firm where we help uh, business owners using the 321BizDev sales system, which is helping small business owners maximize the five front-end sales activities, which include contacting, prospecting, appointment setting, closing, and getting zero-cost referrals. Today's podcast episode is about motivation versus skill building. And I know uh, there are quite a few people, uh, professionals out there in the industry that uh, focus on motivational training. And you know their names. I don't need to mention them. If, if I do mention them, most of you will say, yes, yes, I like him. I like her. And these people do well for their businesses, motivating people to strive to be better. So my uh, podcast episode is a not is not about them. It's really about uh, skill building. And the only thing I have to say about motivational training is skill building must come first. Then motivational training takes takes uh, you know takes over and helps uh, enhance the skill building and the development of reaching your goal. The reason why I say that is because motivational training, by all by itself, it doesn't help a person get better. It may help a person feel better temporarily, but it doesn't help a person get better. It's almost like the person who watches uh, a commercial and the commercial is from a gym, you know, advertising the great prices for people to get, uh, you know, to lose weight and to be physically fit. And the person says, wow, look at that person, that slim person, that, that, that muscular person lifting weights. Oh, she's so beautiful and he's handsome. And the person says, yes, I'm going to join the gym. And they, they join the gym and they, they go for about two days and they stop. Now con- contrast that with a person who hires a fitness trainer. Okay. So you hire a fitness trainer and the fitness trainer says, I'm either coming to your place. That's in LA <laughs> or, you know, you, you, you know, come to the gym, the place where we're going to, you know, do the program. And, uh, the person has a choice. Now, most likely if the person has hired a fitness trainer, they're going to show up because, you know, fitness trainers are not cheap. And the person that is uh, paying a fitness trainer, they are probably more serious than the person who pays the $29 a month uh, at the gym. So the fitness trainer, you know, works with that person, helps them exercise better, talks about diet, and they meet, let's say they meet three times a week. That person working with the fitness trainer will do better than the person who just looks at the advertisement on TV. So I use that example to uh, just express the facts about skill building. 
You see, with 321 Biz Dev Training, most of the people that we connect with, they have a, a burning desire to get better. And I'll tell you my short story as I end this podcast episode. Okay, so it was like 2009, 2010. I was about eight years out of corporate America working as a sales manager, pretty much the vice president of sales with 60 account executives in California. And my job was to sell group health insurance. And needless to say, you know, I did I was I did well at it. We always hit our goals. We were in the top three of health insurance uh, carriers in California. And. Uh, so I, I ended up quitting because I was so burned out. I was working 80 hours a week and, you know, the money was six figures, but it was just way too much work and, and stress. And those 60 account executives that I hired, they had to pass a psychological sales assessment test. So these people wanted to be in sales and the only way they could get hired is if they passed the sales psychological assessment exam. The exam was about 30 to 45 minutes and they had to answer questions and based on the the answers to their questions, it gave me a score. And if their score was higher than 85%, they were deemed to be qualified to apply for the job and get hired if they didn't have anything else uh, against them, plus any positives that they may have had, they may have had in, in their in their favor. So, leaving corporate America, I figured out the hard way that corporate sales are not the same as independent sales. And when I say independent sales, I'm referring to people who are small business owners who have CPA practice practices, attorney law firms. Uh, dental practices, plastic surgery centers, you know, insurance agencies, you know, the independent insurance agencies, um, roofers, plumbers, you know, people who sell products and services that are over $500, you know, $1,000, $5,000, $10,000. So I stumbled a lot because when you are independent, you don't have the branding that the major corporation has. So when I worked in corporate, the company that I worked for had a well-known brand and our competitors had a well-known brand. But when you are independent and let's say your CPA practice is XYZ CPA, well, there are probably 500 CPA firms in the metropolitan area where you live. You know, your Seattle's, your, your Fort Lauderdale's, your Atlantas, your Phoenix, Los Angeles. Same thing with attorneys and and dentists. So you don't have the power to rely on your brand. And many, uh, I'm going to say so-called marketing experts will say, small business owner, you can develop your brand and grow your brand. That is absolutely false. If there are 500 other competitors in the metropolitan area, it will take a long time before people uh, know who XYZ CPA firm is. 
when there are 499 other CPA firms in the metropolitan area. So long story short, there were two to three people that helped me make the transition. And I didn't even know that I needed to make a transition. But I tell you what, I was failing not so much because of my technical knowledge. I was failing because I didn't have a system. So I would meet with a qualified prospect and not close. I would meet with another qualified prospect and close. And I had no idea why I didn't close with with one uh, prospect and I converted the prospect to a client in the other situation. So that was very frustrating and it wasn't until, and I'm going to plug these two people's names. Uh, one guy, his name is Harley Gordon. And he is a Boston elder law attorney. And he did a seminar in Berkeley, California. And uh, I paid about $100 along with about 40 other people who paid to hear this guy talk about long-term care insurance sales. And what was surprising, he started his conversation by saying, you should not sell long-term care insurance. And it shocked all of us because we believed we were going to hear how to sell long-term care insurance from a person who works with people that probably should have purchased long-term care insurance before they met with the elder law attorney. And for folks who do, who do not know, an elder law attorney is someone who tries to save or uh, protects uh, someone's assets when they need to qualify for Medicaid or Medi-Cal in California. And, you know, they have all these assets and they have to spend down these assets before they can get Medicaid help. So Harley Gordon was one of the key people that helped me. He said this. And, I'll, and I will never forget it. He said, you cannot. He said, I'm sorry. He said, a person does not need long-term care insurance. And then he paused for five seconds. Then he said, until they need it. And when he said that, I may have been the only person in the room who understood what he meant. Because coming from corporate America, there are some, some philosophies and some you know, and things that you, you come to realize, even working at a Fortune 500 company that maybe someone else may not see because of it's, it's you know, working in sales is not a something you just wake up in the morning and, and you get started and you're you are successful. You have to go through these these epiphanies. So the second person was a software engineer in Silicon Valley who sold his 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 stocks and opened an insurance company and his insurance company sold long-term care. And I was hired because I was a, a, a good producer in one part of Northern California and he wanted to hire me for his San Francisco uh, office. So I met with him and he said, there's a five-day training. Long story short, there was this book that he gave all the trainees and we had to follow the steps in the book and one of the training uh, exercises was to pick up the phone and call all these wealthy people in San Ramon, Walnut Creek, 
Pleasanton, San Jose, and, and, and the rest of the San Francisco Bay Area. And I stumbled for the first time about calling people who were wealthy. And it's not that, you know, I mean, I was making six figures in my corporate job. I'm talking mid, you know, $150,000, $160,000 in my corporate job. And this is in the late 1990s and early 2000s. So I was doing very well income wise, but I had never had to call an individual, you know, on the phone. It was always B2B sales. So long story short, I stayed there for about three months. The commute was killing me. It was, you know, 90 miles from Sacramento. And although I used to work in the Bay Area, that commute was just killing me. <laughs> so I went back to my my regular uh, function as an independent agent back in the Sacramento area. But he gave me this book and this book had some critical uh, steps in it about a sales system. So his book was a sales system. I ended up taking about 20% of the information in his book and used it to create the 321 BizDev sales system. And there was one section in that in that book that uh, Mike, that's, that was his name, Mike gave me that just turned my whole sales uh, experience around. I can't tell you what it is on this podcast episode, but if you become a 321 BizDev sales system trainee or, or client, you will know how you can uh, get an 80% probability of closing using something called the prospect interview form. You know, when you're sitting down meeting with a prospect and you're goal is to convert that prospect to a client, I'll just tell you, 90%, in my opinion, 90% of small business owners fumble in that phase. They fumble. They don't know what to do. They're, they're, they're grasping for straws, just like I fumbled when I did not close a client. And then two weeks later, I closed a client and didn't even know how I did it. And that's, and that's very frustrating when you don't know how you close or you don't know why you didn't close. That is probably the most profound thing in sales is to receive results and you don't know how you did it. My name is Rick Napier, the president at 321 Biz Development. Again, website 321bizdev.com. 